as I was preparing this message, I actually wept as I was preparing it. So I say that to glorify God. I've never wept during a message preparation before. So I'm, I'm praying that this is exactly the message that God has for us. And I pray it because all glory goes to Him. He's doing great things in our country right now. And even though our world is a basket case, God is on the move. God is on the move. So some of the things that I might say here today, you may have to think about. It's not the typical message that I normally would preach with a lot of fun illustrations or stories about Kim and I's experiences. However, I do believe that you will be encouraged and maybe even changed when you leave here this morning. So let me start by saying this, and it's one of the things I want you to think about. The battles, the struggles, the warfare that you see and experience in our world today, it's not really about us fighting the devil. It's really about two superpowers who are fighting it out. I don't even like to give the devil the status of superpower, but he is a supernatural being. He is the ruler of the dark hosts, just as God is the ruler of the forces of heaven. So everything ultimately is about worship. The battle is over the hearts of men and women who, so you who worship is who you will serve. Because you serve whoever you worship. If you're serving the devil, you are worshiping the devil. If you're serving God, you're worshiping God. God must be worshipped intentionally. Acknowledging Him and honoring Him and serving Him out of heart of love. Satan, on the other hand, doesn't need that. He doesn't demand or require the same kind of love and devotion and you and intentionality that your worship service to him. Fear, doubt, worry, confusion, resentment, criticism, hate, jealousy, bitterness, hopelessness are all received by him as worship. So the devil will create conditions, circumstances, problems, hardships, sickness, and loss for you to be distracted. He does this so that your attention is taken away from your affection to God. Almost any reaction that you have outside of intentionally worshiping and glorifying God, the devil is going to try to steal away and make it glorifying to him. So, the devil will create circumstances to produce feelings of negativity, such as fear, frustration, confusion, and ultimately hopelessness and despair. He will take that as worship for himself. And isn't that what our world is just a big old jumbled mess of? 
We're going to look at the situation found in John 11, starting with verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, he, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. So, this is where the message really starts going here. Have you ever looked at a situation that was done, it was finished, it was hopeless, and it was just give up, write it off, it's over, done deal. I think if we'll all be honest with ourselves, We've been there at least once or twice. Just a sense of hopelessness. When we look at this story in the Bible, we see Mary and Martha. They watched their brother Lazarus as he became sick. And they watched him die. As the sickness worsened and he became weaker and weaker, their hope began to slip away. But they had one last hope. We must send for Jesus. Jesus can heal him. Jesus can stop this plague of death. So they sent for Jesus, but he didn't come. Let's be honest, we've been there too. The same situation. Maybe some of us are going through that right now. You've been praying and praying and believing for a change, and all that has happened is it's gotten worse. In other words, Jesus hasn't showed up. He hasn't come through for you. Now I admit, this is where this story causes some confusion. Jesus has gotten the message. So now he thinks, now, so now he knows Lazarus is terminally ill. Jesus knows that all their hopes rely on that he will come before Lazarus dies and he will heal him. This is, this is where they're at. We've, got, we've told Jesus, we're gonna, Jesus will come, he's going to heal him, he's going to solve it just the way we want. But Jesus waits deliberately until he knows Lazarus has died. And then he says to his disciples, our friend Lazarus is asleep. I must go wake him up. I think we could rightly assume that in Jesus' humanity, he wanted to rush to Lazarus the moment he heard he was sick. This was his friend. We know Jesus had compassion because later in the verse, Jesus wept at the pain Lazarus, Jesus' friend, had caused 
He'd cause pain for Mary and Martha and those around. But Jesus said to himself, I only speak what I hear my father speak, and I only do what I see my father do. So now we can understand that Jesus' reluctance to rush to Lazarus' side came from his acting in obedience and in harmony with his Father's will. I personally believe that it was very hard for Jesus' humanity not to drop everything he was doing and run to the aid of his dear friend Lazarus. So why the delay? Why the delay in this? The delay is for the greater glory. If Jesus would have rushed to Lazarus and kept him from dying, so many of the unbelieving Jews would have said, well, he really wasn't that sick. It was just a coincidence that Jesus prayed for him just before he got better. Here is something we rarely recognize. When we are crying out for a miracle, for a healing, for a breakthrough, for a restoration, a deliverance, our attention, our intensity, our focus are all centered on that particular need. And we assume that since it has our full attention, that must be where God is focusing his attention on too. He's got to be thinking the same way I'm thinking. Of course God cares for you. He cares about you. He feels your pain and your sorrow. But what we must recognize is that God is a multitasker. You want his full attention on meeting your need? Hold on tight because... We're going to get some turbulence here. God's ultimate desire is to grow us up. God's ultimate desire here is to reveal himself more fully to us. God's desire here is to mature our faith. To be glorified is what God's goal is. We think God is completely occupied with meeting our need. That's what we want. But God is even more committed to growing our faith and our confidence in Him. Can I prove that? I think so. I think so. Jesus could have arrived before Lazarus died and healed him. Why didn't He? Why didn't He? Because God was going for a greater glory. And you say, yeah, the greater glory is Lazarus raising from the dead. That's true, but Jesus was after more than that. He was after a resurrection faith. Mary and Martha had both. We believe you can do this faith... But when Lazarus died, so did their faith. Jesus deliberately waited for two days. Now we take a look into the spiritual realm and get a glimpse of what's happening 
When you pray and you don't see any change, Jesus, he waited for Lazarus to die in order to provide a dead raising faith in Mary and Martha. He wanted them to have greater faith, bigger faith. When Lazarus died, they turned the switch of faith off. They said, that's it. It's over. It's finished. I don't believe anymore. They rolled the stone over the entrance. He's dead. It's done. It's finished. And most people would believe, say the same thing. But in this situation, it was different. That stone was not just a boulder blocking the door of Lazarus' tomb. That stone was a gravestone that said, Here lies the faith of Mary and Martha. We believe up to this point that our faith ends right here, and rightly so. We would also agree. He's, he's dead. I mean, it's, it's finished. You may be at that point right now. You may be in the very act of rolling over the stone, across the door, calling it done, but hold on, hold on. When Jesus came, they did not rush to meet him with passionate living faith. They met him with frustration, disappointment, and even some resentment. They actually scolded Jesus. If you would have gotten here sooner, our brother would have not died. Now let's be fair about that. You would be upset too. If you believe someone could heal you or deliver you or give you a miracle, but they didn't, let's go a step further. We have all been disappointed at one time or another that God didn't come through for us when we or how we wanted Him to. I wouldn't be here in front of you today if God would have answered the way I wanted Him to answer. Now follow me. You need to understand this next part. It's very important. If all Jesus was after was to perform a miracle and raise Lazarus from the dead, He would have just said, Take me to the grave, and He would have raised Lazarus from the dead. But he did not do that. We have to get this understanding in our spirits that God loves us dearly. But his ultimate reason for everything he does is for his glory. Absolutely everything is done that he will be glorified. That means when he does it, how he does it, where he does it, who he does it for, and if he even does it at all. Everything is determined and decided by the degree of glory it will bring to him. Let me read that again. Everything is determined and decided by the degree of glory it will bring to him. Lazarus is now dead. But Jesus starts speaking to them about their faith. He's now talking to Mary and Martha about their faith. He's not explaining why he's late. He says to Mary and Martha, If you believe, you will see. 
Why is he speaking this way? Doesn't he know it's over? The reason Jesus speaks to them about their faith is they need a faith resurrection. The first resurrection that day was the faith of Mary and Martha. You may be standing today in the same place where Mary and Martha stood. You're looking at the stone that says, the end, hopeless, it's over. It could be your marriage. Your marriage may be hanging by a thread, headed for rocks. There may not be one spark left, and everything you're feeling or not feeling is telling you it's over. Or maybe it's a relationship between you and your children or your siblings. Or it could be a physical situation where it seems like sickness has ruled the day. And everything is saying, give up. Pull the plug. It's over. End of story. Or it could be a financial struggle where you feel like you're, you're sinking more all the time. You're in a hole that you just can't get out of. Or it could be your ministry. Something happened that set you back and, and you feel like it's over. The devil is telling you it's over. Maybe you just plain blew it. You got hit hard. You got hurt. And you're thinking, what's the use anyway? It's over. Let's be honest. We've all been there. We've all been there. Some of you may be there right now. The devil loves to see people feeling desperate and hopeless. He thrives on our pain and anger and frustration and resentment. Many times doctors and nurses will treat a patient who goes into cardiac arrest. But they don't say, oh that's just too bad, we lost another one. No, they get those electric paddles out and they shock the heart to get that thing beaten again. It's not always successful, but many times it is. In other words, many patients live because the paramedics don't quit. They don't look at the evidence on the screen, call it done. Even though they see a flat line, they keep working on the patient. Then all of a sudden the flat line jumps and then something happens and they call that conversion. They say, we have conversion. We've changed. I thought, wow, that's amazing. You may have been praying for your spouse or your children for years and all you see is a flat line. No response. The devil wants you to call it done. It's over. Roll that stone in front of the door. But you keep praying. Because it could be just one more shock from the Holy Spirit. And we will have conversion. Conversion means the process of changing or causing something to change from one form to another. From sickness to health. From sorrow to joy. From anxiety and stress to peace and rest. From lost to found. From bound to free. From fretful and fearful to faithful and courageous. From discouraged and depressed 
to happy and blessed. Do you feel like you're on the verge of conversion this morning? Tell your neighbor, I believe. I believe. Tell your neighbor, are you on the verge of conversion? You're on the edge of a breakthrough. Maybe you think you're on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up now. Don't turn the switch off now. You're getting ready to see something that looked impossible become possible. You're getting ready to see something. God is getting ready to show up. He's getting ready to show up. Don't put those shock paddles away. Don't quit praying. In fact, turn up the volume. Turn up the voltage. Some situations are really stubborn and they require more faith. Let's be honest about it. Some people are stubborn. They need more voltage. The point here is to no matter what it looks like, what it feels like, don't give the devil any pleasure. Don't give him one ounce of attention. Keep praising God. I don't believe it's over. I refuse to submit to fear and doubt and discouragement and depression. I refuse to become angry at God or critical or resentful. I refuse. I refuse to give the devil one crumb to rejoice over. My hope is in God. My hope is for my family, my for my healing, for my deliverance, for my breakthrough, for the miracle, for my country. My hope is in God and I don't believe it's over. I admit it. I was getting pretty discouraged with the way the world has been and is still going. But this revival at Asbury that's spreading has given me new hope. It has given me new hope. God is in control and I don't believe it's over. Finally, there's a spark and faith that comes back alive in Mary and Martha. They say, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, which has come into the world. Then Jesus, then what Jesus needs, this is what Jesus needs because faith is the determining factor for everything. Faith is the determining factor for everything. Jesus tells them, take away the stone. Man, Martha's faith wavers here just a little bit. But Lord, he's been dead for four days. Now he stinks. It's like saying, okay, Lord, we got it. I, I believe you can do this, but to tell the truth, we've kind of moved on. We, we're, we really don't want to stir this up again. If you roll that stone back, it's, it stinks in there. But Jesus jolts them back to their faith confession. Did I not say that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? If you believed, you would see the glory of God. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm not afraid of a little stink. I'm not afraid of a little stink. I can handle it no matter how bad it is. How many would be honest enough to say that you're glad Jesus didn't let the stink stop him from coming after you? I sure am. John eleven forty four. 44. 
Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I don't know what Lazarus means to you today. It could be a relationship that looks and feels like it has died. It could be the hopes and dreams that you've had planned for your future. It could be your walk with God. You may be so far away from God that you don't even feel His presence anymore. The list could go on and on. I really don't know what that Lazarus means to you, but you do. You know what that Lazarus is to you. But what I see in this story is this. There is a situation that is screaming hopeless. But Jesus is saying, don't say it's over. I don't know who this is for today. But if you know this message is for you, I'm going to want you to come up here in a little bit. I'm going to invite you to respond in just a few minutes. And I want to pray with you that God will heal that burden. I believe the reason God wanted me to preach this is because there are some situations that are looking hopeless. They look hopeless. We think, let's shut the door. It's done. But it ain't over. The devil is pushing hard to get you to say it's over. Roll that stone across the door. Post up a no trespassing sign and move on. But maybe you hear God saying, if you will believe, if you will believe, if you will agree with me that it's not over, you will see the glory of God. You need to know that this miracle is much bigger than you when you look at these following verses. Now look at the passage. We've heard all about Lazarus' story. Now look here. John 12, 1 through 2. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. Lazarus was there reclining at the table. And then John 12, 9 through 11. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom, had, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. He brought glory to God. He brought glory to himself. And now that is spreading like wildfire. What is this saying is God is setting the stage for something that will be indisputable, undeniable. Those that wouldn't listen to your words, they won't listen to what you're saying. You've said it so many times before. The words will not, they will not be able to defy or dispute the miracle that God is doing in you 
or in how they see the change in your life. They can't dispute the change. Many came to see not just Jesus, but also Lazarus, the miracle man, the one who was dead for four days and was raised from the dead, and they left believing. Say it with me. I don't believe it's over. I don't believe it's over. Psalms 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. I believe that God is going to do something in your life that is so unbelievably magnificent that you're going to say, Somebody pinch me, I think I'm dreaming. One more time. I don't believe it's over. I don't believe the world is going to win. I know it's not. I don't believe that my situation is so hopeless that God can't fix it. I don't believe that we lose. I don't believe that this is the end. I don't believe that God's going to lose this battle. Would you stand with me, please? Mike, would you put something on for us to listen to as we... I'm going to ask that you come. Like I said, I wanted to invite you to come. I don't know what the, the battle is that you're facing. What has got you feeling hopeless or in despair or anxious or all of those things are the tools of the devil. Do you want to come and pray and ask God to relieve that burden from you? I'm just going to ask that you come forward as Mike's putting something on. Just, I want to pray with you. I believe that this is very important. Would you give it to him? Go ahead and come forward if you want.
some to come and pray with these that have come. Father, we don't know the, the need that these that have come are bringing with them. All we know, Lord, is that it's not over. We believe, Lord, that you make the lame beggars walk and the blind to see. Lord, we believe that you have the answer for the situation that stands before us today. You have the answer that the world needs to hear. You have the answer for the struggles in our life. Lord, you have the means. You have the ability to bring glory to yourself through our situation. I can't explain that. I can't explain it. But Lord, I've seen it. I've seen it many times where conversion happens, where that, where that change makes a difference so much so that people can't help but say, oh my word, I can't believe the change in that person. I can't believe the change in their conversation. I can't believe that the healing has happened the way that it's happened. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for what you've done for us. And Lord, I just pray that you would come and bring your healing spirit down upon us. Would you bring your, your touch to us? Would you, would you take those burdens that are so heavy upon us? Would you lay them at the feet of the Father? Dear Lord, we just pray that you would anoint this situations. Anoint these needs that have come before us. Lord, we just feel your presence so real today that we just, just ask that you would fill us with your presence. Would you fill us with your presence so that it lasts longer than a day, that it lasts longer than a week, that it lasts longer than a month, that it's an impact that makes a difference for the rest of our life. Would you make an impact that's lasting forever? Dear Lord, we just pray that you would undertake for these situations. Would you undertake for the hurts that need healed, for the pain that needs salve, For the lost that needs found. Dear Lord, would you anoint this place with your presence that's so real. And dear Lord, 
Would you anoint those that are hurting so badly? Like PD and Becky are now, and like many have gone before and are still grieving. Lord, would you anoint with the healing salve memory never fades but the pain can't grant us the conversion the change and we thank you for it in Jesus name we praise you heavenly father for everything that you have done and are doing. We just ask that you be glorified in everything that's done and said that we do. Would you bring glory to yourself through us, your people, your children? Would you bring glory to you? And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're still praying, continue to pray. If you Sunday school lesson this morning Paul ended his letter in 2 Timothy by saying may the God, grace of God go with you I think that's what it said if it didn't come out exactly that way that's what it means so may the grace of God go with you have a great day praise the Lord <laughs>